Hello, everybody, and welcome into the last episode for this season of Fourth and Goal, the Sacramento State football-centric podcast here on StateHornet.com. I'm your podcast editor, Mac Irvin the Third, and I'm joined, as always, by football beat writer Brandon Bailey. And we got some special guests today. We got my EIC here, Jordan Parker, along with my sports editor, John Kilbales. And um, it's an unfortunate end to the season, but um, we're here. Uh, it's a very somber end to an otherwise great season as Sacramento State fell 24-19 to over the weekend to South Dakota State. Uh, it, was, it was a painful game. Let me get let me get your guys' first general reactions for that game. I, I guess I guess I'll start with you, John. I mean, it's not a surprise because in all of our predictions, all of us said we would win, but it was going to be like three points. So it's like us losing wasn't that much of a surprise, but it's the way we lost, right? We didn't do anything in the first half of the game. We scored, what, three points? Yep. So it's like – if we would have just did a little bit more, if Jake would have never thrown that interception or, you know, then we might be talking about something else, right? We might have another fourth and goal next or next week or something like that. But it's just the way that it went about, like that first half was horrible. Yeah, Jordan, what about you? We were sitting together in the stands, so now that you're on the mic, give me your official opinion of the game. Yeah, I think, you know, it was kind of disappointing. I really wish, you know, um, I kind of wish they actually would have just gotten blown out like at the start of the second half because they started fighting their way back to within one possession and then it was kind of the heartbreak part like when we lost on, you know, kind of the last play, um, you know, fourth down play at that, you know, our defense started to, we shut them out the second half so we played well on the defensive side of the ball and it's, it's just sad that at the end, you know, the offense was, you know, kind of a catalyst in, in us not advancing. You know, I mentioned in uh, in the last couple of fourth and goals preceding this one that in our playoff loss to Austin P, you know, we didn't really focus on the ground game as much. And it almost seemed like a carbon copy of that exact game I was watching. Jake Dunaway threw the ball 43 times. Asher threw it five. There were a total of nine rushing attempts by non-quarterbacks on Sacramento State. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> Brandon and I were sitting in the press box and we were like, "So we gonna start running the ball?" Okay. Yeah, I so, think that's what I think that's what hurt them though. They really got away to what's been working for them all year. I mean, Scatterball only had one carry in the first quarter, and usually we see him getting about at least two or three by the end of the first, and about maybe even eight by the end of the first half you know what I mean but you've seen them pick it up like in the second half once they started using utilizing that run game start putting Asher in there for some arp run pass option plays and you know utilizing Scatterbow it started turning around so I think that's the hard part of the playoffs I mean because it's like it's so much anticipation going into it it's like do you stick to what's been working? Do we do we switch it up, especially when you're playing an unfamiliar opponent? I think it's a lot of times coaches can get in their head when that happens. I'm not saying that's what happened to Coach Taylor, but that could have been a possibility, you know? Yep. B.J. Perkinson and Cameron Scadaboo finished with exactly the same stat line, three rushes for 23 yards. Jake Dunaway had the most carries at 10. He had 41 yards. It felt like there were several turning points in this game, points where – 
if one thing might have happened differently, mm-hmm. we might have come out on top. I think one of the main points that we saw in the stands, I'm not sure about you guys in the box, but when Jake Dunaway got shaken up on that one play in the second half, he had to come out for a couple plays. Asher came in. They started driving down the field a little bit, and unfortunately they had a big play called back, I believe, Mm -hmm. for penalty. And then Taylor took Asher out and put Dunaway back in at that point. And I remember sitting there, I was thinking, why not just let – the momentum keep going the way it was, you know, it did. It seemed like we were actually starting to make progress for once. I'm yeah. not really sure why they chose to deviate from that path. Was it the same for you guys up there in the press box? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. Cause I mean, he has done that all season to where like he could, like he's where he's interchanged quarterbacks, even when one has the hotter hand, but it's like in a situation like that, where they're down by, what was it? 13 to 24 at that point or no mm-hmm. 10 to 24 at that point. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so at that point, it's like Asher's hot. He just made a big throw. I mean, you have a holding penalty that takes you back. But like you said, I, I feel like the best decision would have been to just keep rolling with the hot hand. I think I think the holding penalty is what kind of forced him to um, change quarterbacks because yeah. since we had to get pushed back, he was like, okay, well, I need Jake in there to, mm-hmm. to go in there, and we have to do a, a throwing play. So I think that's what he felt like. But, I mean, like you say, he could have just – left Asher in and then just seen what happened. Like, we still had downs to go, so I don't know. I I was confused a lot of, uh, on a lot of decisions that, that happened during the game. Yeah, I think we kind of saw that, you know, I think we were kind of asking ourselves all year, was there going to be like a time where the two-quarterback system wasn't going to work? And I think it was this game, you know, in which – in the playoffs, and I think as Brandon was alluding to, like the hot hand is usually what you want to go with. And I'm not saying, you know, Jake did throw over 300 yards. You know, I'm looking here. He did make a couple mistakes that, that did hurt the team. But ultimately, you know, on that drive down the field, did we end? I think we ended up with a field goal on that drive. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm not, and that ended up being the difference because if we would have scored on that drive, the game would have been tied at the end. And I know. It's tough to sit here and talk about uh, theoretical scenarios, but theoretically, it would have ended in a 24-24 tie at the end if we score there. Well, I believe we would have had to make a two-point conversion, but oh, I, I, your point still stands a little bit. We still had a chance. Yeah. Wouldn't have had to rely on a defense that was out there for a lot. I think the time of possession, uh, South Dakota State had 32 minutes and 16 seconds. We had 27 minutes and 44 seconds difference of possession. They punted the ball five times, but only punted three. Pretty even on penalties, so. I mean, most of it's pretty even, right? I mean, 32 minutes mm-hmm. to 27, but it's those mistakes, yeah. right? They made less mistakes than what we made, and it was all the first half. If you if you think about it, if we didn't make those mistakes in the first half, if we were just a little bit more careful with where, where we threw the ball at, then we might be talking a different story. But it was all first-half mistakes. It was, that's really what the difference was because we were pretty flawless in the in the second half on defense and offense. So it's just, you know, I mean, that that's football. I mean, it's hard when you get, in, dig, get dug in a hole too. I mean, especially when you got an offense that relies on balance. Um, we've seen all year that their run game kind of opens up their pass game to where they're – they could let their receivers kind of just run loose and, uh, you know, try to <laughs> play off of the, their run game. But I think what happened was when they just got dug in the hole, it was just kind of hard to get back to what they were doing. So it was 
it's that it's that factor. Like once you get down so bad, it's it's kind of hard to get back. Well, I also know like, and I think something we talked about at the beginning of the season was when they kind of started out slow, um, and were like one and two. I think it was was like the the break because they didn't they were one of the teams that didn't play in the spring and they were still getting their legs under them. I think you kind of saw a similar thing here, and it's always a debate in sports whether a buy between a playoff game helps or not because the other team will come in off all the momentum carrying forward, and yes, you do get the rest, but you have to kind of restart everything. So I think, you know, maybe that played a little bit of a factor because you saw in the second half, that's the Sac State team we've saw, we've mm-hmm. seen all year. In the first half, I don't know what team I was watching. Yeah, it, would, it very much looked like a different team. And, you know, Brandon and I talked about that a little bit beforehand. You know, last year when South Dakota State was a runner-up, they had to play in the first round, and they won from the first round up to the national championship game. So, I mean, and it's credit to just their experience in general. I mean, we was talking to the coach after the press conference <laughs> – and, I mean, this is like their 10th consecutive season being in the playoffs. And they just came off of a, a runner-up national championship run. So, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of difficult when you're a fresh team that's kind of getting their feet wet in the playoffs still. I mean, they, they, got, they got some experience last year. But, you know, I think experience plays a big factor when you're playing against those type of teams. But I also think it's the changing of the game plan. Like, if, like you said, we changed our whole game plan. We didn't really run the ball that much in the first mm-hmm. half. So, you know, it was like we had a bye week and then we come in and try to change everything and then we just leave it on Jake's shoulders for the whole game. Like mm-hmm. that also plays a part in it where it's like, all right, what are we doing at this time? So we sit here season over, 9-3 and three on the year. Undefeated in conference play, but again – Two playoff appearances, two exits at the first hurdle. Does this set Sac State up for a good future as far as uh, the next few seasons are concerned? Or will these two losses kind of maybe hang over their heads a little bit, or at least in the eyes of the national media? Because, you know, there were a lot of questions about how Sac State ended up at number four in both seasons that they ended up at number four. Like, was their schedule really that good? Did You know, did they earn that ranking? So... What do you guys make of this season and their future standing? Um, I would say anytime you get experience in the playoffs, that helps you more than it hurts you, especially when you have a young core. Like, their whole receiving core, I believe, or majority of them that was, like, getting burned this year was freshmen, like the Chris Millers, the Devin Gandys, and the um, Jared, Jared Gibsons. I even think they're roommates, so that, that builds off chemistry. But um, – I think, like I said, like when you get that that your feet wet in the playoffs, and then you get to you get a whole season to kind of just you gotta suck that that feeling in, just suck that whole energy in. That oh, we got bounced in the second round. How are we gonna change it now? You know what I mean? I think that's the mindset that they would go into, and you only get more guys from like the recruits coming in, and just you know they get to build off of that competition in the summer. So I think to me, I think that it helps them more than it hurts them. Yeah, I think it's. It's definitely going to help because I know we did come off of, you know, kind of two of, you know, similar seasons. But the team, I think, was different than that 2019 team we saw. And it was kind of like this year was kind of a restart. So I feel like, you know, they added some new players. Some players exited from a couple years ago. So I think for this group particularly, which I know a lot of the people, a lot of the players are going to be returning next year, I think it's going to help them. Like, 
you're not always going to win on the first run. Like, that almost never – like, South Dakota State, they have all the experience. Um, so I don't think there's any, like, shame in this in this loss. It's obviously a learning experience for this group. And I think they're going to come back next year ready ready to roll again. They've got great talent returning. And, you know, I think as long as they have Coach Taylor, the, the staff he's built, I think they're set up for a good future. I think in the media's eyes it might be looked at as a negative, you know. Um, but as a program, I think we'll, they'll be just fine just because, right, Coach Taylor's going to be there. Both quarterbacks that we used were juniors. Like Brandon said, our receivers, most of them are coming back. And then Scatterbo's, right, so he'll be back. So it's just, you know, the media might look at it like, oh, well, they keep getting bounced. Like, where do we rank them as? But I think as a program, they'll they'll be just fine because a lot of people will be back next year. So um, they could, you know, they have the experience of what it was like to play in the playoffs. So uh, I think it'll be better next year. Yeah, for the most part, I definitely agree with you guys. I think anytime you have a coach that comes in, loses only two conference games in the matter of two seasons, you got to be doing something right. You know, it's obvious they're going to stumble here now and then. And, of course, it's disappointing for us as both Sac State students and football fans Mm -hmm. that we didn't make it further. But, you know, this is only our second year in school history and being in the FCS playoff tournament. So, I mean, it still represents a pretty big jump from where we were three, four, five years ago as a program. So I think we're definitely in a better place now. And I think we have a lot of tools both on the coaching staff and on the roster to set this team up for the future. Put yourself in the shoes of a coach, and you coming off the second round, lost for the, the second time in two years. What do you think you would have to do to like kind of get your team over the hump, or what does that look like the next seasons, like going in the summer? Like, what is the difference that has to happen? I think we're looking at two different um, losses, though. Like that first loss was a blowout. But then you look at this loss, right, and it's it's kind of like we just made one too many mistakes. Like, we they barely lost. And then in the second half, they played amazing. So Yeah, they shut them out in the second half. Yeah, like, they right. had a chance. Like, mm-hmm. if they stopped them on fourth down, they would have got the ball back. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think Coach Taylor, you kind of look at it as, you know, we still have that – we still have a chance this season or next season. So, mm-hmm. I don't think you, you think about it too much as – you know, what am I going to do? Do I need to change things up? I think you still play the same game that you played this season. You know, you look at who you recruit, what talent you'll have, and then you kind of, you know, stick to your game plan and come in the season the same way you came in this one. So, I don't know. I don't – I think getting over the hump is not really too much of a question just because, like, like you said, we just made one too many mistakes in this game. Brandon and John, specifically for you, since I know you're both on the sports staff and you had a lot more connection with this team than maybe me and Jordan have had, although I know Jordan's been out there, so I'm sure he'll try to get some words in here as well. But what has this season been like for you covering this team like, on a personal level? Um, for me, it's it's been, a, um, it's been an awesome experience, mostly because, like, everyone on the team, like, they had their own personality and they weren't afraid to show it, you know? Like, they were all gave me – something that you know stuck out that I could write about and you know create 
create different angles for it. Like, I mean, the munchie filers of the team and the secondary and even, like, the running back groups. Like, all of them are just great guys. Um, And I got to see, like, just their development. I mean, they got off to that slow start, one and two, where everybody's asking questions like, how are you going to run a two-quarterback system? This is unprecedented. Like, you know what I mean? And they kind of just figured it out each week as as the, as the season went on. They just kind of – you could see their improvement, and they just got stronger as a team and more confident in what they can do. And um, it was it was just great to see their development over the course of the season. Uh, I think it was great this season. I think that, you know, this team was very welcoming. Like, as – us as the press, they kind of just let us in and, you know, kind of gave us whenever we needed quotes or whenever we need to talk to them, they were always willing to talk. Not a lot of uh, college programs will just let you come in and, you know, give that same type of access. But, you know, this team, they kind of let us be part of the family and, you know, as they grew, we grew with them. Um, And they kind of let you meet them on, you know, a personal level and get to know, you know, them and their life. And, you know, when we did those profiles that, you know, it kind of showed in our profiles because they really, like, talked to us. So I think, you know, this program might be different from other programs just because, you know, they really let, gave us that access that we wanted and needed to cover this team. Yeah, I think, you know, just overseeing everything, it was great seeing John and Brandon and the whole sports team just get out there and get after it from a coverage perspective. And I think we were able to really expand on some things we weren't able to do a few years ago and things that, you know, we weren't even like close to achieving, you know, a few years ago when we started as, you know, it was our first semester as a digital only publication, you know, we didn't have some of these ideas in terms of like audience engagement and sideline interviews and all this stuff, but we were able to incorporate it this time and this time around. And um, it just seemed like the team was really receptive to that and really appreciated it. So, and they were respectful, which is one thing I really appreciated um, when I was out there. And in terms of, you know, spending time on the sideline, you know, just photographing, you know, the, the second half of the season, I think it was amazing. You know, you just spend time down there and it's kind of like you get an adrenaline rush, like, because you're still down there, like in pretty close proximity to them. So, you know, being down there while, you know, all the action is happening, it's, it's like, it makes you nervous, like, because you're still a fan on the inside and then you still have a job to do. But I think that was the pretty cool part about it. Yeah, Brandon and I have been to some press conferences where, you know, the coaches and players, are not like ours like they do not want to talk to you they do not (laughs) it's hard like it's hard to get them to talk and like give you quotes so it's definitely appreciated like the access that they gave us because if we had to cover some of those other teams i don't know how we would have done it even after like their loss against um, south dakota like i mean of course they weren't in the best mood what athlete would be i mean especially if you're a competitor but jake um, Taylor Powell and Coach Taylor, they all gave us, like, some great answers, great honest answers, and um, we're just genuine about it, just like how they've been all, all, all semester. So, you know, it was a great experience. So it sounds like a great and interesting season on all fronts, press, fans, and sports team itself. Disappointing end, but it was great to be along for the ride. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on this podcast with us. And I think that's going to wrap up this season's final episode 
of Fourth and Goal. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast as a whole, be sure to go check out all the content that you can find on statehornet.com. Look out for this podcast maybe next season, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.